Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to Mayflower Congregational Church. We are so happy that you have chosen to join our live stream worship service today. I am Reverend Ruth Bell Olson, the Interim Associate Pastor, and with me this morning is the Reverend Dr. Jonathan White, the Interim Senior Pastor here at Mayflower, Scott Bosher, our Cantor and Choir Director, and Carol McNally, our Guest Organist. We always thank Pat McGuire for his technical expertise that makes the live stream possible. Our stewardship campaign is in full swing. And we have the chair of our stewardship committee, Ken Goodson, with us here this morning with an update. Good morning, everyone. Members and friends of Mayflower, as we honor 63 years as a church family, we now have a solemn opportunity to maintain Mayflower as a beacon of hope in our community during these unprecedented times. To do this, we need to rise up and show financial support for this beautiful building, our supportive staff, music and youth programs, along with our commitment to Outreach 2021. You know, it doesn't take much for something once held so dear to be at risk of fading away. We cannot take our church home or our church family for granted. Our founders sacrificed much to set Mayflower to sail, and now it's our generation that must maintain its course. If we fail, we will make, wake up one day to realize it has faded away. That's an unacceptable outcome. We've had some bumps and surprises over the past few months. The pandemic, the loss of valued staff members, and our search for a new senior minister. It's all uncharted as we figure out our path forward. Fellow members, we need to step up and lead as a congregation, and together with God's help, trust in our strength of faith, and trust in each other, that we will get through this next year a Mayflower congregation stronger than before. And remember, for those who are experiencing financial challenges and loss due to the pandemic, we ask that you take a sabbatical from giving until you find yourself on the other side of the crisis. Fulfill your 2020 pledge and hold serve by pledging again in 2021. The pledge cards have been mailed. Kindly return them right away. Or, as Susan mentioned last week, go online now. Do it right now through our website at mayflowerchurch.org support and click on the 2021 pledge form to submit your commitment easily and securely. Reminders will be included in Wednesday's news email and listed on our homepage. Next week, you will be updated by me on the financials and will work to keep a running tab on the homepage. Help us make our 63rd year the one we can all be proud of when one day each of us can look back and are able to say, I stood with my congregation and held fast like I have so devotedly done in the past. In closing, from Job 17.9 and Joshua 22.5, Nevertheless, the righteous will hold to their ways, and those with clean hands will grow stronger, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul. May, be, may God bless you all. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit guide your decisions of support to sustain our beloved Mayflower during 2021. Amen. Thank you, Ken. These are trying days, but also exciting ones. Anticipating a new senior pastor, as well as the upcoming holidays. 
We have all kinds of wonderful plans, from our Thanksgiving service to our cantata to our Christmas services, which might actually include some animals. We have so much to be grateful for. Please note that the 49 Up group is hosting a pre-Thanksgiving Zoom happy hour on Saturday the 21st from 5 to 6. And make sure to join us on Thanksgiving morning at 10 a.m. for an outdoor Thanksgiving service. This will include some hymns, prayers, pumpkin bread, and two outreach opportunities. We are collecting throw blankets for the clients served by the Salvation Army, as well as cold weather clothing items for guests served by Mel Trotter. Feel free to bring your donations to the church during the week. We have collection bins that are set out under the portico, or you're also welcome to bring them with you Thanksgiving morning. We are also planning to showcase on Thanksgiving morning Mel Trotter's brand new shower trailer. You will not want to miss that. As we remember our gratitude and provision, let us not forget those in need this season. And now, to tell us more about the upcoming musical events and our music this morning, I invite Scott Bosher. Good morning. Mayflower musicians, young and old, along with Mayflower actors and youth dancers, have been very busy this past month filming a special musical dramatic presentation of this year's Christmas cantata. Mayflower Church will present Manati's Amal and the Night Visitors for our morning worship service on Sunday, December the 13th. We'll travel back in time over 2,000 years to that first Christmas Eve where God's love will cure a crippled 10-year-old Amal and thereby opening the door to God's love and healing which awaits each and every one of us. This is the Christmas story. Also, as Ruth mentioned, your Mayflower worship team, along with our choirs of all ages, continue to work to find ways to reach out and connect with our Mayflower congregation. Special events are planned for Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve here at the church, and more information will be coming about ways that we can actually be together safely. Um, This morning's anthem, fitting in with our theme of giving, is Francis Havergal's poem, Consecration. In this poem, Francis explores all the different ways that we can give. We tend to think about financial giving, but she explores the gifts of of time, the gifts of empathy, of caring, the gifts of music, uh, all the different ways that we can give. And what God calls us to as a congregation is to take the unique gifts that he has given each and every one of us and to share them in our community. And that will be this morning's anthem a little later. Thank you so much, Scott. So much to look forward to musically here at Mayflower. Let us now rejoice and begin our time of worship. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, and again I say, and again I say, rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, and again I say, and again I say, rejoice, 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 rejoice.
Our call to worship this morning is from Psalm 90. Lord, you are our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Teach us to count our days, that we may gain a wise heart. We praise you, Lord, that you are creator, sustainer, and redeemer. Come, let us worship. pray together our opening prayer. Holy One, thank you for bringing us light so that we may be children of light. We are not of the night or of the darkness. Help us to not fall asleep, but keep us awake and alert, ready to listen, ready to serve. May we put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of of salvation. Help us to encourage one another and build each other up. For the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, so make us ready. Amen. Glory be to the Father, scripture reading this morning is found in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. 
When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. So then, let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, Let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live in him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, as indeed you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh, I may speak with bravest heart. Scripture reading this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I've made you five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, 
Master, you handed over to me two talents, and see, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And on my return, I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave... Throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, give us the ears of Christ. Give us the eyes of Christ. Transform us so that we become like Christ. Amen. Well, here we go with religious talk and another parable from Jesus. What in the world does this mean? We start out with five talents, two talents, and one talent. Two of the people in the parable turn it, double their money, and one buries it. What is Jesus getting at? And ending with the familiar wailing and gnashing of teeth. Is this a commercial for Charles Schwab? Talk to Chuck. How about E-Trade? Don't get mad, get E-Trade. It's this Dr. Show, he, the foot guy. He used to have a plaque on his desk that kind of expressed the American dream, at least in the t- field of late capitalism. Early to bed, early to rise, work like heck and advertise. Jesus certainly is getting to something deeper than that. Well, yes, indeed he is. On the surface The people who only hear about multiplying wealth don't get the parable. But in the depth of the parable, the truth comes out. Jesus is calling us to be who we are. Jesus is telling us to see ourselves as what we are. We are not merely human. Like Jesus We are human and divine. And Jesus is calling us to see our own divinity, which someday will meld with the great divinity, the great I Am. We don't preach that too much in the Western church. We've forgotten it. The Catholics have forgotten it. And the Protestants have forgotten it. Instead of focusing on big religion, we focus on little religion. We set up moral codes. Who's in? Who's out? If you do all these things, you're doing stuff right. If you do these things, you're doing stuff incorrectly. And we tend to really focus on doing those things incorrectly. That's not what Jesus is calling us to be. He's calling us to see ourselves for what we are. 
Oh, we don't do that in the church. Catholics focus on guilt. My ecclesiastical hero, Luther, said that humans are a pile of manure covered in snow. In the Reformed tradition, we follow Calvin, who said, we're totally depraved. How in the world can you have an image of your divine self if you're talking like that? Paul certainly didn't hold that position. Paul says in Colossians that we are hidden in God with Christ. In Galatians, Paul says... We're adopted children of God. In Romans, Paul says we are co-heirs with God. The writer of Second Peter says that God has called us to glory, to participate in God's glory. Why don't we emphasize that in the church? French philosopher Simone Weil summed it like this. It's easier to convert non-Christians to Christianity than it is to convert Christians to Christianity. Ruth just read so beautifully that passage from 1 Thessalonians. This is an early Paul. This is probably the first book in the New Testament. And Paul starts out in the passage today with, don't fall asleep. Keep on your guard. Don't drink. Don't get drunk. And there we get a little morality code. Okay, stay awake. Don't drink. If you do, you're not with the in-group. But notice how Paul shifts. He said, but don't worry. You're already living in the light. You're already there. It's not about a little moral code. It's about what you are. You're ready for the end of time. That's what Paul emphasized in his early writings. And if we look at the Greek, we don't, as the NRSB says, put on the armor. Paul says, we've already put on the armor in the verb that he uses. So we're already there. We're doing what Jesus said. Jesus spent less time telling people, I'm the Son of God. In fact, he seemed to have very little interest in that. And telling us that we are all children of God. We're already there. Recently, I read a story by Flannery O'Connor called Revelation. It is so related to this parable of talents, this parable of multiplying money. The main protagonist in the story is a woman, middle-aged, named Ruby Turpin. She's married to her husband, Claude, and Ruby has the world figured out. She's a good Christian woman in her own mind. And she knows the pecking order of humanity. On the bottom, there sat the southern blacks. Now, Ruby is a little perplexed because she knows a black dentist who, in her words, owns two Lincolns and seems to be doing quite well. But he's still down here. Slightly above the southern blacks are Poor white people, which she refers to as the white trash. Then there are people who own their homes. 
And above them, nearly at the top, are people like Ruby. People who go to church. People who give to charity. People who own their own houses and they own land and they are self-sustaining. Then there are the rich people right on top, but Ruby doesn't pay too much attention to them. She looks at her own social class. And she's satisfied. She thinks she's a good woman. Now, Ruby and Claude end up in a doctor's office at the beginning of the story. Why? Because a cow has kicked Claude, uh, Claude on their uh, farm. In fact, he raises his pants leg and shows everybody in the waiting room where he's been kicked. Ruby goes in and there's not a place for her to sit. She tells her husband, sit there. And he does. And she notices over in the corner, there is a kid in dirty clothes taking up two seats. He's laying down. He has a runny nose. His head is in the lap of an older woman. She also was dirty, a white trash. And then there's a woman sitting across from him, looks to be uh, the boy's mother. <laughs> That's the type of people you get. She looks out and sees another woman, and that woman is dressed pretty well. She looks to be, in Ruby's mind, a nice lady. Sitting beside that woman is another person. Uh, we'll learn that she is the woman's daughter, and she's reading a college textbook called Human Development. A name is called, a person gets up and goes to the doctor's office. Ruby finally gets a seat, and she's seated across from the nice woman. The nice woman starts talking to her, and they exchange pleasantries. And Ruby says, this is one of my people. She's one of the people at the top. She's really a nice person. And she makes a comment about blacks. And the mother of the sick child, without being asked to join the conversation, said, I'm sure glad I'm not black. They ought to send all the blacks back to Africa. Ruby looks at her and says, you can't do that. There's too many. And besides, it's a separate culture. They're part of us. Well, I still think they should send them to Africa. Ruby and the nice woman exchange looks. Like, yeah, we know who she is. We know what class she is. And then Ruby looks over the woman, the young woman reading the textbook is staring at her. She's glaring. Ruby feels like she sees me for exactly what I am. It's like she's looking into my soul. And Ruby makes some comment. The girl just stares. Her mother says, Mary Grace. Oh, what symbolism. Thank you, Flannery. Mary Grace, say something to the nice woman. Mary Grace just stares. The mom said, well, there was a girl. She's speaking of her daughter in third person. There was a girl who had everything in the world. She's being sent to a nice college up north. She's been given everything. Her little brother loves her. Her parents love her. And she can't act with gratitude. Claude says, is, uh, is she old enough, or too old to be paddled? Yes, she is. Ruby says, well, something should be done about that child. At that point, Mary Grace takes the textbook and hurls it at Ruby. It hits her in the forehead. The girl is up out of her seat. She jumps on Ruby and starts strangling her. The mother is screaming. Claude gets knocked over. Everybody in the waiting room 
It's looking at this. And Ruby is starting to pass out. Everything is shrinking. The doctor comes out. And with the nurse, they hold Mary Grace on the ground, give her a sedative, and call an ambulance. Very interesting. They call an ambulance, not the police. Ruby comes to her senses, leans over, and says, you got something to say to me. The girl, as she is falling under control of the drug, looks up with those eyes and said, you go back to hell where you came from, you old warthog. The attendants come, and Mary Grace is taken out on a stretcher. Her mother just sits there on the floor. She can do nothing else. She's buried her talent. Ruby is shaken. While she is sitting there thinking, I'm not a demon. I'm not a hog. We even, we have hogs, and we keep them clean. We hose them down every night. She's really shaken. The woman of the sick child, the mother, says, Well, I guess that girl's a lunatic. Uh, I guess I'd rather be a lunatic than be black. Well, Claude gets called into the office, and they're going home. Ruby's not focusing on too much except what Mary Grace said to her, and she's getting really worried. They lay down. Claude falls asleep. She tries to fall asleep, but she can't. All she keeps thinking of is hell and warthog. Five o'clock comes, Claude wakes up, oh, got to go hose down the pigs and take the field hands in to uh, back to their homes. So he goes out and he starts hosing down the pig. Ruby comes out with ice water because she always does that. She's a nice person. She gives that ice water every day to the black field hands. She tells Claude, you go on, get in the truck and get the field hands. And I'll, I'll hose down the hogs. You need to get off that leg. He does exactly what he's told. And she starts hosing down the hogs. And now she's entering a new stage. She's no longer upset uh, by the fact that she might be from hell and that she might be a warthog. She is starting to think, God, why did you create that girl? Why did you let her talk to me like that? What in the world is wrong with you? What kind of God are you? The field hands come back. Ruby comes over, all pleasant, and gives them ice water. And they talk. But Ruby Ruby tells them about what happened in the day and realizes that they're just going through their deference to to whites, uh, that they have a code that keeps them safe, and they're saying things within that code. So she gets all disgusted and goes back to cleaning up the hogs. Her husband drives away with the field hands to take them home. She's looking at the setting sun, and it is starting to get dusk. As it gets dusk, she looks at the sky, and it seems through the rays, the dying rays of the sun, that there is a pathway connecting earth with heaven. Well, she's thrilled. And she looks, it's a pathway. And there are people going up to heaven. And who are they? They're white trash. 
and intermingled with them and going up and they're all laughing, dancing, and singing are blacks. And then the happiest of all are lunatics who blend in with the crowd going to heaven. Ruby looks down and sees the base of the highway. It's in a field. And the field looks like it's on fire. Not with the fires of hell, but the cleansing fire, the purifying fire of God. And there are all her friends. And all the things they did that they thought were such wonderful deeds are being burned away. And their faces are being burned away. And they have new and beautiful faces. They get up and go on the highway, utterly confused, stricken, that they're not first, but they're the last. Remember the woman in the waiting room, the mother of Mary Grace? She stays on the floor. She's buried her talent. And that's all she has. But Ruby is about to be transformed. What Jesus is calling us to do in that parable. Flannery O'Connor didn't write this, but I imagined it. Because Ruby turns, well, she does write this part. Ruby turns and starts walking back to her house. And what I imagine was Ruby decided that she had to dig up from the dirt around the pig pen, covered with the droppings of the pigs and the dirt, her talent. That was my imagination. O'Connor wrote, as she goes back to the house, she she notices it's dark. The house is glowing. She hears crickets, but she doesn't hear the crickets chirp. She hears the crickets saying, Hallelujah. Immediately, the words of Leonard Cohen's song came to me. I could hear him singing in that wonderful voice. Hallelujah. 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 Why? What's happened to Ruby? She's been transformed. She doesn't realize it yet. God's doing the transforming. And my little imaginary part of the story. She looks down and sees the coin. But the coin isn't covered with filth and dirt. It's shining and it's beautiful. Ruby sees who she is, and then it's two coins, then it's four, then it's eight, then it's sixteen, then it's thirty-two, and it just keeps going. Hallelujah. And Ruby will hear the voice, Well done, good and faithful servant. In the name of the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
As stewards of the Lord's resources, let us be faithful and generous. Thank you for your gifts, tithes, and offerings made to the church for the work of the Lord. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for Thee. Take my voice and let it sing always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a might would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart and is thy own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour. At thy feet is treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only Holy God, may you find our gifts worthy, and may you use us mightily to love you and serve you with all that we have. May you say to us, well done, good and faithful ones, you have been trustworthy. May our offerings of time, talent, and treasure bring you everlasting glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Please pray with me. 
hard to find the right words sometimes to pray. We might need silence or a song, but we offer our hearts this morning. Precious and holy God, take our lives and let them be consecrated to you. In this season of change, full of fear and uncertainty, remind us that we belong to you. Transform us into the people that you will have us to be. Give us a hope and a vision for the future. Lord, we pray for our church. We know you have our next leader already identified, and we trust you. We know that you go before us. We pray for that person and this upcoming season of ministry and worship here at Mayflower. May it be amazing. May you usher in a new day for the church we love. And in this spirit of anticipation, we pray for our stewardship campaign. We pray for the outpouring of gifts to keep our church vibrant, to keep our outreach efforts generous. We seek to be a blessing to those within our church family and beyond. As we grow into this new season of ministry, Lord, please guide us and direct us. God be nothing king, always as a guide. God be in our yearning, high and deep and wide. God be in our caring, with us intertwined, as we grow to love you, heart and soul and Lord, we have many causes for celebration in the midst of these strange days. Please remind us of the gifts you so generously bestow on us each and every day. And please also remind us to pray for those in need. With a thousand deaths a day from COVID, there are so many struggling with this reality. We pray for those who are struggling with other health complications. And with fear, we pray for comfort, for peace. And Lord, we pray for healing. We pray for our families, our community, our nation, and our world. We pray for unity and again for peace. We pray for this and we seek to embody it. So may we be a people of unity and peace. And may we be always growing in love. God be in our thinking, always as a guide. God be in our yearning, high and deep and wide. God be in our caring, with us intertwined as we grow to love you heart and soul and mind and now we pray as you have directed us to pray with the words Christ taught. Our Father, which art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, Lord, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. congregation, people who have lost income because of COVID, people who have lost their jobs because of COVID. There are people who are suffering from COVID in our congregation, and we're all experiencing isolation. We're all experiencing the things that go along with the pandemic. In the midst of this, I ask you this morning, No matter where you are in life, no matter what's going on in your life, please remember what you are. God created you. And the spark of God that was present with God at the beginning, which we Christians call the Christ, that spark is in you. So go in peace, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.